I just want to start by saying this. Whatsoever begins a thing is what will sustain it. And I'm going to say that in two aspects. Aspect number one. Whatsoever you start in the flesh or by the self will not necessarily accept by God's completely sovereign mercy will not be sustained by the spirit. And that is to say that whatever you want a thing to be sustained by is what you should start that thing with. Because when you start that thing, what you started it with is what will sustain it. It's like a relationship or a job that you start with manipulation, with trickery or with theft. That is what you will need to sustain it. You can't start a relationship with manipulation and somehow expect that love will sustain it. No, you're going to have to keep up with the manipulation. You want to get a job by backstabbing and suddenly hope that your good work will sustain it? No. You're going to have to keep backstabbing to get the next promotion. So don't start with what you can't keep up with. Because what you start with is what you're going to continue and sustain with. You start by the self or by the flesh and expect the spirit to sustain it. Again, except by God's sovereign divine act of mercy. That is not going to happen. Now, the second aspect, which is going to really explain where I have been for the past nine months, is that you can't start something in the spirit and somehow expect the flesh to sustain it. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1 and 3, Paul cried out, and I will be using the NLT version, He says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? After starting in the spirit, why are you now trying to become by your own efforts? After starting in the spirit, why are you now trying to become by your own effort? I know that like the smart people that we are, our brain starts to put together the formulas and the steps that we took to achieve something. And we're immediately thinking, okay, we're just going to replicate what we did here. Or we're going to replicate what that person did here. Well, I need you to be careful about your own intelligence. I need you to be careful about your own smartness. This is not to say there are no formulas. This is not to say that there are no steps. There are no strategies to follow. This is not to say to completely ignore your own intelligence. But this is to say, who gave you the formula initially? Who started you on those steps initially? Have you now gotten what you wanted and think, oh, I'm going to go off by my own self? Because the beautiful thing about God's love for us is that it also includes chastisement. 
e who the father loves, he chastises. And sometimes we might see ministry opposition and even attribute it to the enemy, but it is actually God getting in the way of our intentions. It is actually God rescuing us from our own selves. It is God pulling us away from the road that we are headed because with God, the end does not justify the means. Oh, somebody needs to hear this. With God, the means, the way you go is as important as where you get to because Jesus is the way you must go through. Jesus is not the end. Jesus is the way. So the means, the way you get what you want must be the way, must be by God. You can't start something in the spirit and expect to turn to the flesh. That in itself is caused by pride. You started in the spirit, but now you have put two and two together and you think, okay, I got it from here. Holy Spirit, you can take a back seat. Oh, God loves you too much to let you put him in the back seat. God is too jealous. He's not going to share his glory with anybody else. So, I hope that you begin to check your heart. Those issues you are having with the thing that you know was God that inspired you. Those oppositions that you're facing, I need you to be sure that it's, it's, it's really not the devil that is coming against you. Maybe it is just you. Maybe it is God. Because the crazy thing, permit me to use that language, about pride and God is God resists. Oh boy. God resists the proud. Have you checked the meaning of resistance? Have you seen what resistance means? It means to withstand the action or effect of. It means to set someone's self against someone or something. So that resistance you are facing, even though you know that what you are doing is God-inspired, are you sure that that is not God responding to the pride that is now in your heart? Are you sure that it is not God in his love and mercy standing in your way? Because you see, the thing about pride is that it is hard to know that you are in pride. Nobody can tell you you are in pride. Only God can tell you. Because pride is a thing of the heart. You see, what we see as human beings is just the fruit of pride. You hear somebody talk and then you're like, oh, that person is proud. No, that's just arrogance that you hear. You, you, you hear somebody say something or you see someone act in a certain manner and you're like, oh, that person is proud. No, that's just arrogance that you see. You see, the person that is quiet, that has enough sense to not voice out his disdain, that has enough sense to not act out 
what is actually going on in his heart. And you see that quiet person that you're like, oh, he doesn't talk much. He's so humble. That is the person that God will tell you, oh, there's pride in that person's heart. Because only God can see the heart. Men cannot. And if you are careful enough, the Holy Spirit will show you that you are in pride. Because I'm telling you that pride is simply the thought that something was is and can be done or was done via your thoughts, your intelligence, or your strategies. It is just the thought that, oh, I did this. Oh, I can do this. This is not to say that we can't do things, but it is to remember. Paul speaking against, it says, you fool, you say, oh, I will see you tomorrow. I'm paraphrasing now. I will see you tomorrow. He says, why not had if God wills? Because to think you can open your eyes in the morning, to think that your alarm woke you up, is to be in pride. And it can be so subtle. It can be so subtle. And so God's response to pride, because the thing is, the problem with pride is not just that God will respond. It's, that, it's not just that you are going to be fought. It is who will fight you. God resists the pride. Because when someone is fighting you and they are your mates, you probably win, right? At least that's a fair fight. If a person is bigger than you, you probably get somebody that combined effort with you will tally and overpower the person that you're fighting. If someone way bigger than you, I mean, even if it is the devil that's fighting you, you can always report to God. But what happens when it is God that is fighting you? What happens when it is God that is fighting you? Who will you report God to? And again, this is not to say that God stands against us. No, even is resisting us is in his love. It is in his protection. It is in his shepherdness, his good shepherdness for us. Because the truth is, pride goes before destruction. Pride always goes before a fall. So what can you do to just keep yourself and prevent yourself? Or at least what can alert you and let you know that you are in pride? What are the things that you can see that will make you just stop and say, are you sure this is not pride speaking? Don't wait until God fights you. What can you put as markers to prevent pride, it is the simple and age-old phrase. Read your Bible and pray every day. Oh, I'm telling you, as simple as this thing sounds, one of the biggest pointers of pride is prayerlessness. No, it's not that you need more discipline, even though you might need more discipline. It's not that you're busy. It is pride. Because if you know for sure, if you actually really know, 
that you can sleep and not wake up, you will pray. If you actually believe that it is not by your own strength or by all your own thought, you will go to the one and to the places where you can find those words. You would open that Bible every day. To miss a day of Bible reading is pride. To miss a day of prayer is to say, I got this. I got this. That it is pride. So, and that's why the scriptures tell us that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, it takes humility to pray. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'm telling you it takes humility, humility to pray. It takes humility to turn to the word every day. I know you think you know the strategies. I know you know the steps. I know you know the formula. I know that you think you can read books. But have you forgotten the one who causes that brain to work? I know you have a private jet and all you need to do is to make a phone call and you are off to the next destination. But have you forgotten the one who created the winds? upon which those wings of your jet glides through. What if he just pauses for a minute, pauses that wind for a second? They say it's turbulence. <laughs> I know you're smart, but one thing goes wrong in your brain and then you will be shocked at how many things will shut down. Pause and look at how many things have to be working perfectly at the exact same time for us to say we're feeling good. So I know you can read books, but there is someone that causes all those intrinsic details of your brain to work perfectly well. There is a God that created that brain that you are reading that book into. So at every point, I implore you to just stop and acknowledge him. Whatever it is that he has asked you to do, dear minister of the gospel, which is every believer, we are all able ministers of the new covenant. Let us not rely on everything we read in the books. Reading books are good. But which one pertains to me, O Lord? This is what I have read. Do I go ahead? We see places in the scriptures where David was going to battle and even after getting ready for battle, he would then what? Inquire of the Lord. Lord, shall I go? Lord, am I going to win? Lord, how do I actually fight this battle? He was a man of warrior. He was, he was a man of battle, pardon me. He was a warrior. He knew the, the, the strategies of fighting battles. He knew how to wield a sword. 
But scriptures tell us again and again. And David inquired of the Lord. And if God said, just dance, best believe they will be fighting that battle dancing. And if God says, just stand still and see that I am God, best believe that they will just be standing there watching to see the salvation of God. So I know you know the strategies to perform. I know you know the steps. I know you know the formula. But please, don't start in the spirit and think your flesh is going to sustain it. Don't wait until you feel the resistance of God before you realize that you are in pride. But even if you have gone far, oh, there is a God in heaven that his gifts and callings are without recompense. He sent no, um, Jonah rather to Nineveh and that one even outrightly disobeyed, went in a completely different direction. But scriptures tell us that and Jonah prayed from the belly of the fish and God heard him and God called him again and sent him on that same assignment. So don't think God has given up on you. Don't think you have gone too far. God will call you again. So I hope that this encourages you. And this is to say that TFG is back. Thank you for all your messages. Thank you for all your calls. I do not take it for granted. Resume with, so we're going to use a lot of audio versions. So it would be like teachings that you can listen to on the go, that you can listen to in traffic, that you can listen to as you go about your day and just get the word of God in and just get the heart of your father into your spirit, into your soul, into your mind every day. So watch out for new episodes every Sunday by 3 p.m. Thank you so much for listening.